If you would, turn with me to Mark 6. I want to read a few verses from Mark 6, verses 30 all the way down to verse 44. And that sounds like a bunch of scriptures, but um, I'm only going to preach off of a few of them, but I just want to set the scene. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. So the disciples are tired. They have been ministering with Jesus. Everybody's been working really hard and they're tired. And Jesus says, We're going to go to a desert place and we're going to rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure. They, there were so many people trying to get to Jesus that Jesus and his disciples, they couldn't even rest. They, they were just, it was just so many people. So we're going to go, we could, didn't even have time to eat. Verse 32. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. So they, they get in a boat and they, they're, they're trying to do this privately. It's just Jesus and the disciples get in a boat. But the people saw them departing. So Jesus is trying to get in the boat with his disciples, doesn't want people, not necessarily that he doesn't want them to see, he's just trying to get away for a little while and rest. But the people saw them departing, they saw him getting in the boat and they knew it was him and they ran thither out of all the cities and out went them, they ran faster than the boat and came together into him. So wherever his boat was traveling to, they were able to run around the seashore to get to wherever he was going to faster than his boat was able to, that's saying something. A boat moves faster than a runner, right? And so, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. He saw all of them. And he was moved with compassion towards them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So Jesus had planned on a little afternoon vacation. Jesus' disciples, they were going to go away. They were going to eat something, just maybe spend some time together. But these people chased him down and they, and he finally decided he would teach them. Verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, the disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go to the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. We're in a desert place. There's, not a, there's no McDonald's. There's no Burger King. Let them go home and get, get some, food, some food. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. You give them food. You, you feed them. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy all this bread? Uh, we're going to spend a lot of money on this bread and give it to them to eat. He saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, five loaves and two fishes. We know that story, right? And he commanded to make them sit down on the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to the disciples and said, you know, spread it out. Just start passing it all out. Verse 42. And they did all eat and were filled. And then you see the miracle, 43 and 44. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. So they started out with a little bit. They had bags and bags of, of, of food at the end. And of those that ate the loaves were about 5,000 men. That's not counting the women and the children. So there were a lot more than just 5,000 people, and it started out with five loaves and two fishes, and there was all this food left. Now, if you, if you were following me in the King James Version, if you were, had your Bible open, that's, that passage that we read is, is labeled, Jesus feeds the 5,000. That's what that whole passage is about. But I'm not preaching about the 5,000 today. I know that you probably thought, here we're fixing to hear a sermon on five loaves and two fishes. And I've got, I'm, a, I'm the little shepherd boy who brought my five loaves and two, two fishes. But I'm not preaching on the loaves or the fishes today. 
even though that's also a pretty compassionate story. We're not going to be talking about that great miracle at all today. I really only read that passage because I wanted to set it in context so you'd see where in the Bible we were and what was going on that day and what Jesus was doing. But what I want to talk to you about today is those first four verses of our reading. Jesus and his disciples were tired and they needed rest. So they get in a boat to travel to a quiet place. They just want to go away and they want to just rest for a little bit. They needed that rest. And so they travel into a desert place. But the people in the towns around where Jesus was, they knew that Jesus was getting in a boat and it was about to go somewhere and they saw that. And so they begin to run. They start running. They were literally running to keep up with the boat. It must have been a sight to see. Can you imagine the sight as they ran along the shore of the sea? Imagine the scene with me for a minute. Let's just picture it together. It might have started off in the town where Jesus got in the boat. And, and maybe it was a few men, uh, maybe 50, 10, whatever. And they start running after the boat. And, they, and, and, and maybe some, some kids started following and some women started following. And as they ran and as they ran, they ran to the next town. And more people jumped in. And more people started chasing. And more people started chasing. And all of a sudden, they're running together. And, and even though the Bible tells us there were 5,000 men, if there was at least a woman and a child with each man, that's 15,000 people. 15,000 people are running into a desert place because they want to see Jesus. That's what they want. They need to see Jesus. And so more and more people join them. And now we got 50, and now we got 100, and now we got 250, and we got 1,000 and 5,000. And they're passing through small villages, and, and everybody, where, where are y'all going? What are you doing? Well, we saw Jesus get in a boat, and it's headed that way. Come with us. And, and they're not walking, they're running. They're running. The boat is moving. It's being, it's, the wind is pushing it. I mean, Jesus and the disciples, had the, they had the easy route. But these people on the banks, they're running. And so everybody joins in. And there's hundreds and there's thousands. And the crowd is growing larger and larger. And by the time the crowd who, that was running came to a full stop, there were 15,000 plus people in that crowd. They were running in their robes. They were running in their sandals. That's not fun. It's not fun to run in sandals. Have you ever tried to run full tilt in sandals? It's not fun. You'll fall down. These were not professional athletes. They were fishermen. They were villagers. They were townspeople, carpenters and housewives, fishermen and teenagers, little children, grandparents, all running to a place in the desert running in those rugged hills and those mountains that surround the Sea of Galilee. Imagine if every person in Bentley and Pollock and Dry Prong took off for the Red River. We're just running to a place on the Red River because we're going to meet a boat there. And we all just take off running. Everybody in Bentley and Pollock and Dry Prong takes off running. We're not going to tell anybody in Crayola because we'll get a ticket. <laughs> we'll have to slow down. <laughs> when we get to Crayola. But why were they running? Why were they running? For what reason were they running? Were they running to see a preacher? Well, yeah, kind of. Were they wanting to see him and those 12 tired, poor, worn out disciples? Well, we look back and we know why they were running. They wanted to see Jesus, the Messiah. They wanted to see him. We know why they were running. Peter describes him as the man who had the words of life. And that's what they felt. They knew that. They knew he had the words of life. 
But what drove them to rush along the shore? What drove them to run? And it had to have been quite a run. I can't even imagine how exhausted they must have felt. And they're out of breath. And they're, they're, but they had to see Jesus. They had to see him. Boats move fast. I can't run as fast as a boat can run. And the shoreline is rough and scraggly and, and there's sand in places and rock in places. And it, it's not like you're just running down the track. It's not like you went to LSU or I mean LC or LSUA and, and found a nice little smooth place to run. It's not that at all. But the water, it's smooth and it's deep. And, and the boat can sail fast, but still they ran. Did they want to hear a man explain God's word? Maybe see a miracle or two? But this many people running with everything in them. And what they saw, and more importantly for them, who saw them is our message today. Because how did Jesus react to this sight? The scripture says it so powerfully and simply. He saw and having seen had compassion. Have you ever been so emotionally drawn into a situation that it affected you physically? This school shooting this past week, when I read that headline on my phone, I gasped. I couldn't even imagine 19 kids in an elementary school. I think about if you're of a certain age and you remember this with me, that the guy who stood up to the tanks in Tiananmen Square in 1989, do y'all remember that famous picture? The one man who stood up to the tanks. It was so powerful. My heart went out to that man because you know he died. He wasn't allowed to live. I think about the audio recordings from United Flight 93 on, on September 11th. I remember, I listened to those, and when they say, let's roll at the very end, and you know that they have less than 30 seconds to live. My heart goes out to those people. I, I, there's an emotional connection, and, and I feel empathy for them. I feel compassion for those people. I can't even explain it, and I'm helpless to help them, but I feel compassion for them. We've all seen these events. We've all seen these kind of things, and we have become emotionally invested Maybe we started to cry. Maybe, maybe our heart was just so moved that we started to cry because it was so overwhelming. Maybe we just didn't even have the energy to wipe away the tears in our eyes. And it's way more than pity. It's far more. It's a real connection between me and a person I don't even know because my heart goes out to them. I feel what they're feeling. It's feeling like I have to do something, but I'm a thousand miles away. You're moved to compassion, but what can you do? And there, as that boat neared the shore, and Jesus sees all those people, people who have run and chased after him, that same feeling overcomes our Lord. I am powerless, but he is powerful. The word in English is that he had compassion on them. But in the Greek, it's, it's even way more powerful. It says it literally means he was overwhelmed starting deep in the stomach. Think about that. You felt that. I don't even have, you know that explanation. You have felt that before. Jesus saw them and his heart broke, is how one translation puts it. It produced a gut level reaction in him that these people, these sweet, sweet people who had no hope, who had no one to care for them, who were like lost sheep is the way the, 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 the text describes them. They were like lost sheep. These people who were desperate to see him, Jesus' heart breaks at the sight. 
He has a visceral gut reaction to seeing these people wandering hopeless and helpless. These people aren't supposed to have to run to the wilderness to hear the words of God, but they did. They were desperate for a touch from the master. The people, they were caught up in their own sin. They were caught up in their own lives, but they were desperate for hope. So desperate that they would run miles and miles along the shoreline to get to Jesus. Thousands of them strong to hear somebody who was preaching something different. He preached truth. He condemned sin. He condemned the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. But he preached love on top of it all. And their desperate run along the shore that day as they chased down the boat that Jesus was traveling in, Jesus was moved to compassion. I don't know if where he stopped was where he planned to stop or if he finally, his heart was like, I can't even keep sailing. We've got to pull in. He had to stop and he had to pull his boat onto shore. He could not pass these people by. He experienced and felt their, their, their deepest desperation. He felt it. They needed him. They are in a wilderness now. They're in a desert. It's dry and it's hot and the people have been running and they are tired and they are worn out and they are thirsty and they are exhausted and Jesus meets them right where they are. Have you been running? Are you tired? Are you thirsty? Are you exhausted from life? We just finished that song, I Speak Jesus. Maybe it's time to do more than just whisper it. Jesus is passing by this moment. Your needs to supply. Cry out to him. He hears our desperate cry. He stops. He stops the moment he hears my desperate cry. He looks over at the shore and he sees hurting people in Bentley this morning. Addiction and depression and grief and lost children. Marriage on the rocks. My boss is about to fire me. There's no money. Can't pay my bills this week. The doctors have said a bad report. I can't change it. Hopeless situations all around us. There are hurting people in this room. Maybe even people who have just never let Jesus walk into their lives at all. And he is here in this room with all of us. He is here. We are so desperate for a touch from the master. We cry out for him. And Jesus, the son of God, the Messiah, the king of glory, the creator of the universe, he is moved by compassion. When we cry out to him, he is moved with compassion. He can't help but be moved by compassion. It's in his nature to be moved by compassion. He cannot say no to us. He, he would be violating every characteristic of his person if he were to say no. So he is moved by compassion when I cry out. When Jesus sees us, and in our desperate need, we cry out to him, he responds. It's, it's, like, it's like two plus two equals four. Me crying out to Jesus and him responding, it always equals the same thing. 
He always does respond. Our desperate cry is then met by His loving embrace. I know that we are dedicating a building today and we got food in the next room, but Jesus is in this room. He is here in this room today, right now. That building is going to be dedicated to freedom, but freedom is in this room right now. Just speak the name of Jesus. Ministry team, could we all stand if the ministry team would come forward? I told you I was going to be quick. Do you need a touch from the master? Do you need a touch from the master? Are you in a desperate strait? If Jesus doesn't fix it, then it can't be fixed. See, if I've got enough money to fix a problem, I don't have a problem. Does that make sense? If I have enough money to fix a problem, I don't have a problem. But I'm facing problems, and I know everybody in this room, we're facing problems that money cannot fix. Money can't fix my problem, but you know who can? Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. I don't know if you're desperate enough. I don't know if you need him enough. I don't know if you understand or anything that I've said has gotten through to you. But all you have to do is get desperate for him. Get desperate for Jesus. Call on Him with everything that is in you. If you are in this room, I don't care who's looking, I don't care who's watching, but if you have a situation or a circumstance that you cannot handle, it doesn't. it's what's keeping you up at night. It's what's making you run around and run your ragged. It's the thing that you fall asleep thinking about and it's the thing you wake up thinking about and you know that it's driving you crazy. Whatever that situation is, that's a desperate situation. Now get desperate. Stop believing in anxiety. Stop believing in fear and call on the name of Jesus. These altars are open. If you've got something, if you've got a desperate situation, it can be addiction, it can be depression, it can be grief, it can be loneliness, it can be a a pain in the body, it can be something that the doctor has said, financial needs, whatever you've got, if you've got a desperate situation, show some faith this morning. Walk to the front. Find one of these people to pray with. God is in this room. And God responds to desperate people.